What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. I want to talk about being a good leader in spite of being a chief. <laughs> and uh, it's, I guess I just started thinking about it this way recently. Or it's another one of those, like, it's always kind of been there, but I'm just now focusing on it and articulating it in this way through this medium. But I've been talking to a few chiefs lately. Uh, I had someone reach out through the podcast that you will see an episode from very soon. He's an HMC that went through the season in 2019. So last year, um, unique experience. He's got unique stories and we'll go through those on that episode. But one of the things we discussed on a phone call ahead of just kind of working some stuff out and, and scheduling the podcast was his, uh, constant asking of why and exploration of better ways of doing things within the mess and how a lot of times what he would find was he'd run into these roadblocks of because he wasn't conforming to some kind of institutional norm like that the chief's mess boogeyman might come get him and and, and it was almost like it it's this non-existent like existential thing like this fear that people have of of essentially nothing and and we talked i i said that to him and he he basically he kind of corrected me he's like well it can be kind of real and here's how and it was it was almost like the the concept of like someone calling your next command and letting him know that you're not on board with the like you're not down with the program or whatever um and i guess the the part that frustrates me is that a lot of time, and maybe it's just because I'm a stubborn mule of a chief, but I like, I just kind of, I don't know if it was just like willpower or my stubborn unwillingness to give on a lot of things. But the vast majority of the time I found myself, I found myself able to be, a good leader in spite of being a chief. And, and what I mean by that is like a lot of times I find people reaching out to the platform that feel almost like, like stuck, like they're working with their hands tied behind their back because they have to do all these things in order to conform to institutional norms that take away from or completely destroy their ability to do their job or so they feel right. Um, one of my very best friends in this world, is a chief in a mess where he feels like it's the vast majority of the things that are expected of him either are like a waste of time and effort because focus should be on sailors, which I don't disagree with. Um, It's not always the case, but in his specific case in particular and generally, I think that's true. And, and, and me and chief Bob talked a little bit about that on the last as chief, just like how much superfluous garbage all of a sudden went away when COVID turned a, a lot of workplaces into a remote work environment or like we had to scale down dramatically the number of people that were there or going to some form of shift work or whatever to accommodate the the new rules, like the, the things that we needed to do to mitigate COVID. And what I find interesting is that a lot of times based on I don't, I don't know. I don't even know. Like it, a lot, I, I would say it's probably just based on things evolving in a, in a way that didn't quite make any sense. And then also a detachment of 
upper echelon naval leadership that doesn't quite know what the focus on the deck plate should still be and and that might be an assumption because i've never been in in those positions like i've never been mcpon nor will i ever be so it's very difficult to quite understand what it's like there but that you i'm i'm basing it like we all are i think when we critique all the policies and stuff like all the, the nav admin cannon goes off and we're all just scratching our heads going what were they thinking um, that's what I'm basing that assumed detachment on. Maybe like, like maybe there's an assumed detachment. Um, but like, I guess what, I, where I'm going with this is that we end up in this place where we're spending our time on things that we all kind of collectively agree we shouldn't be spending our time on. And so that time and bandwidth is limited. And as a result of it being limited, a, a fraction of our time gets spent on the things that we feel really matter which I mean to most chiefs on the deck plate, if not all, they're going to say, are there sailors? Like, what do, what do they need? What can I do to make their job easier? I want to spend time training them. I want to spend time supervising them. I want to spend time doing whatever I can to make them as prepared as they can possibly be to do the job at hand. Right. So, and, and chief Bob made a joke. Uh, it was, a, he was really passing on a joke that a buddy of his makes when he finds himself like in meetings or where, whatever, where they come out with this, just, like onerous like just silly administrative burden of some kind or whatever just some thing that they have to do that everybody's collectively eye-rolling about uh a buddy of his is always like you know what we need is a really good war right now just so that it and and what he means by the joke is like obviously we don't like no one wants to go to war uh, like on purpose um but it's He's, he's saying that like it would trim all that fat, like all of the things that are not mission essential just melt away. Oh, well, magically, we don't need to verify our NFAS every five seconds. We don't need to do that uh, e-learning requirement or whatever the other silly, like burdensome requirement. Yeah, like all of a sudden we find a way <laughs> to just focus on the mission and fight the ship and do do the thing that needs doing and just be focused on the important things. Um and it's like I'm torn between the two, but I guess the reason I wanted to talk about this was because I feel like you can do both and it's not that I've never been in a position where I felt like I was juggling too many flaming chainsaws, like I just there wasn't enough of me to go around. But when I found myself in that position, it was more of a, I was being forced into a, like I was a department chief on my second chief store. I was being forced into more of a, a cob role. Like they're like, Hey, trying to get me ready to do that job. And so I was doing a ton of other things outside of the division and department as a result of that and standing watch and doing all these other. So it's like it, I did get torn away a lot, but as as I'm transitioning into those roles, it's kind of like I, my division was very well trained and I had a great LPO that ran the division really well. And he was also very stressed out because uh, he was doing a lot of things uh, like to make that some of some of which you could argue was my job. And then I was doing things that you could argue uh, like effectively and correctly that were someone else's job. But the the premise there was that it was preparing us to move on to the next job. And it's like, you could, there's a whole nother debate to have there on whether or not that's what we should be doing. But, um, 
I found myself exploring the idea as a result of all these things. Uh, this is a lead up to this is now going on eight minutes, but it's like the you find yourselves in these situations where maybe a, a mess is or a command or a triad or whatever as a result is is uh, focused on the wrong things. Like maybe they think uh, fundraising or just like silly public um I don't know, like this, the kind of stuff that you see on meme pages, like, like homie got an EP because he sold the most muffins or whatever. Like sometimes people get distracted by nice to haves and high vis things that are not like, you don't really get a lot of goodness out of them except for a, like a fit rep bullet or an eval bullet. Uh, And in times uh, uh, where you're either on shore duty or you're at a command where, um, there's a lot of time to do those types of things or even even on at operational commands I've seen it happen where it's like people fall victim to the shiny object and it, it's it starts taking up all the lion's share of someone's bandwidth then you find yourself in this place where we're focused on the wrong things and then there are, are there are people that are doing it right and are focused on the right things and are trying to get after making those things happen and taking care of those things, which all lead back to just making sure our sailors have everything they need to do the job and, and execute the mission, et cetera. And it, those people can kind of get lost in the sauce and you, it gets frustrating because I, like I, I go back to this conversation I had with, uh, with Jason about uh, why evals aren't structured in a way that you, like you're evaluating how good of a warfighter someone is because at the end of the day, that's what that's why we exist. That's what our our mission is is to fight the fights that need fighting. So, uh, in preparation for doing that, I would want to evaluate each piece of that machine as how effective are they going to be when there is war, <laughs> like when we are fighting the ship for real, when we have to fight hurt, when we have to recover from a casualty when we all all, like all of those things that we we know are our primary mission and in the event of real conflict are going to be our like unequivocally our primary focus because of the obvious urgency and and stakes it's like why are we not evaluating sailors in that way so that when i'm looking at someone's primary duty who like that's what we bring them in the navy for i bring a uh machinist made auxiliary into the navy to be a machinist made auxiliary so i should be evaluating their ability to be the best a ganger they could possibly be and like how how are they impacting the ship and its ability to execute its primary mission which is to prosecute a war against whomever so so you find yourself in this weird spot right as a leader where you may be expected to do things or conform to some kind of norm that is a is distracted from the primary mission focus which is to prosecute war if it comes right i should always be preparing for the deployment or the next thing the weirdness about it is that like sometimes the next thing is a change of command ceremony <laughs> you know and it's like there's a a weird straddling of the line that has to happen where you have to understand that sometimes there's going to be things that seem superfluous and ridiculous that are going to be the primary focus in that moment and you need to understand that 
as much as we all like collectively roll our eyes and don't want to participate in those types of events, we do and we will because it's a tradition and it's a thing that's going to happen whether you like it or not. So that needs to be the primary focus. But there's also things that need not be. And there's things that you need to find the balance and, and create a mechanism for yourself where you're evaluating everything that's going on and prioritizing all those things and then executing them in order of importance with the understanding that sometimes that importance is going to get dictated from the outside, like your CO is going to dictate your top priority is whatever important function you play in that change of command ceremony. But um, like weird collateral duty stuff or like stuff happening outside of the command or whatever that are all kind of electives are not the focus when we're getting ready for a deployment, when we're about to cast off all lines and go underway in nuclear power and execute sea trials or uh, go on deployment for real and, and go do the thing that we're charged with doing in defense of our nation. Like that's the focus <laughs> and it's easy to sometimes get distracted from that. And I, I guess what I'm, what I'm saying is even when you find yourself in a situation where the focus seems to be elsewhere on things that don't really matter. Be a good leader in spite of that. Like it, even if you're in the wardroom, if you're in uh, like a petty officer's association, if you're in a division or a department or a command whose priorities are out of whack or seem out of whack, you can find ways to be a good leader despite that. And, and still largely execute, the the things that are actually expected of you that that you, you're not going to be able to just say no you know like again there are things that feel like they shouldn't be the focus but are for a short period of time like i.e the change of command ceremony but those things pass pretty quickly they're, they're a, a time suck for maybe a week and then you you knock it out and it's done and then we move on with life those are minor inconveniences there are other things that can be uh, focuses that should not be that it just aren't there are things that might be cultural that th like people just are expecting you to kind of conform to some type of behavioral norm that you don't think is the right move you're allowed to say and do those things you're allowed to stand up and say yeah I'm not doing that because there's no policy or procedure that dictates thou shall like, this is just something you guys decided was the norm, and I don't think that's the right way of doing it. And I'm a leader of sailors, and I decide how my sailors are going to be led, and this is how I'm going to do it. And you can even challenge that norm in a conversation, like have that dialogue with your mess, whatever that mess is, like whether it's the wardroom or the petty officer association or the chief's mess. And it's something that I think it's it's important to have those conversations, as I've brought up in the past. It's like, don't be afraid to, to vocalize those things, because what you will find more often than not is you're not the only one thinking that way. It's just everybody. It's easy to come into an organization like that and think that that little that boogeyman exists, right, that they're lurking in the shadows. And if you step outside the cultural norms or the organizational norms, that the boogeyman is going to come and kind of chin check you and put you back in your place. And it's it's not always the case. It's almost like this weird, unspoken organizational accountability that nobody wants. And so if you find if you if you break that cycle by vocalizing a concern or a, 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 like a, a course change that you want to make, what you'll find largely is that 
a whole bunch of people kind of collectively sighing and saying, oh, thank God someone said it. You know, like it's weird to me how many chiefs I talk to that think that some of the things that we do as an organization are wrong or misguided or just distracting or we could do better or whatever. And I find myself largely agreeing with most of the people I talk to, which so it begs the question, why why is the organization doing those things? Well, that's a great question. <laughs> and there's a bunch of of reasons that I think I understand and some that I don't, but um I mean it kind of boils down to almost like this just euphemism of like I'm not the McPond. <laughs> so like you know like it it's going to take that level of exertion from that that high and it needs to be validated by that person and his his uh compatriots, right? So like fleet master chiefs, force master chiefs, etc. Uh, they call it the McPond's leadership mess to make like n- no joke institutional change like like revisions to things that are written in black and white like the cpo creed mission vision guiding principles stuff like that for, if it needs change and i'm just i'm just saying like it like if we were going to make that type of change that's the kind of attention that that would need uh to to do those things but within a mess like that i mean you've got control over that you've got you know, your cmc or command sel is the person that is solely accountable for the actions and conduct of that mess which means that you can conduct yourselves in a different way if you see fit and and you're still meeting all the requirements and policy and and mission like mission demands right so think about the ways in which you could challenge norms right think of the think of the ways that you could adapt or use outside influence or input from especially your juniors or even the wardroom or whoever to make your mess better. Think about ways that you could individually just choose to be a good leader in spite of being a chief. And I say that tongue in cheek, like, I I mean, you you all know that I'm a Kool-Aid drinking true believer and I love being a chief so that you're not, I'm not creating myself as some kind of like, um, subversive, like, uh, rebel within the organization. I'm what I'm saying is that the meme site junior sailor definition of the chief's mess often hinders us. The uh, CPOA focused um, coin exchanging sticker t shirt cultural norms that can exist within an actual mess largely hinder us they can exist inside of a great mess but a lot of times it can become the focus and distract from the meat and potatoes so if you if you find yourself in that type of a scenario then do something about it find a way to be a good leader in spite of in spite of whatever those challenges are instead of just like throwing your hands up and being frustrated with the system that is the mess that is the wardroom that is the ship or command or whatever the Navy as a whole, right? Cause I like, I use chief stuff as my context because it is like, it's just what it's where I'm an expert, but it can exist anywhere, right? In spite of the problems that exist within your organization, be a good leader anyway. 
Like, and, and you can absolutely do that. And sometimes you'll find yourself on a lonely island, like that buddy of mine that I was talking about. He's a chief within a mess where he finds himself feeling isolated and, and not really accepted within that group of people. But he understands what the priorities are. The priorities are being the best chief he possibly can be to his sailors. Like, and that's, that's what he says. He, he asks himself that every day. Did I take care of my sailors today? Did I do everything I possibly could to meet their needs? Then I'm good. Like, and I'm okay with them. Like, if I get ostracized from the group, if I'm not part of the club, he, I don't care. Like, I'm going to be a good chief no matter what, right? And that that's a, an important distinction, too, is if you were to theoretically find yourself in a mess that ostracized you for meeting all of the requirements within the creed and the mission vision guiding principles and all those things, like, to, to aspi- if you're aspiring to be in real life and putting into practical real life application on a daily basis, all of the, all of the things, you know, you're trying to be a good deck plate leader. You're trying to honor your heritage. You're trying, you're doing all of the things you're supposed to be doing to take care of sailors and meet their needs and meet all mission requirements as a result. And for whatever reason, that isn't what's it. You're not, you're not somehow simultaneously meeting all the expectations that your mess has of you tough like it's continue down the path of making sure your sailors have everything they need in meeting all mission requirements it's it's one of those things that if you have if you have to pick one and again a lot of the times you can do both a lot of the times the expectations are pretty realistic but even if you don't like them even if they make your skin crawl that's a different conversation what i'm saying is uh, if you find yourself in a position where you're fighting against some culture that is is hindering your ability to do your job and even punishing you for trying to only focus on doing your job it's like you got to question the priorities of that organization and i would say that it's largely under your control to be a good leader in spite of if that makes sense uh as always i like i'm open to discuss these things because i i feel like there's always those those openings for uh, well, what about this? And like, you're not thinking about that and whatever. And it's like, especially on these types of topics that can get sensitive. Uh, I'm not bashing chiefs. Good Lord. Like you all should know if you don't, if you're new to it, go back and listen to some of the other episodes. I'm using my, con- my context as an example. There are people that do it wrong. Sometimes it happens. I've been in great messes and I've been in not so great messes. Uh, and we work to get better and and fix those things. And, and we ha- and the reason why we were able to is because we were willing to have those dialogues. Like we were willing to have a conversation and talk about how not perfect we in fact were. So uh, with that, uh, like if anybody wants to reach out and and talk about any of this stuff or has questions or wants me to talk about some of the podcasts. Uh, I'm open to it. Hit us up. Don't go up to podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us. Don't go up to podcast. Or you can DM me on Instagram or Reddit at DGS Podcast. Uh, hit me up. Let me know what you guys think. I, I'm curious to hear stories, especially. Like, I think this is one of those ones where people probably have short stories to share about uh, any organization that you may have been a part of that you found yourself in that type of a situation. Um, you're not alone, that number one. And you're also not somehow handcuffed. Like, do it anyway. And it can be lonely. It can be scary. Uh, you can find yourself, I mean, uh, like getting ostracized or getting some kind of like weird negative group accountability uh, as a result. But 
the only opinion that matters at the end of the day or that matters most, I should say, is that of the people you're charged with leading. And if if they're responding and they're clearly having their needs met and executing the mission at a high level as a result, you're you're doing it right. <laughs> doesn't mean you couldn't couldn't do it better. There, it doesn't mean there is, aren't process improvements to be had, but the broad strokes are being accomplished correctly and your, your head is on straight. Like your head screwed, screwed on straight. You're, you're focused on the right things. So, uh, if you need anything, reach out, hit us up as always. And that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship.